Greetings, salutations, hola, hello. My name is DJ Radu and welcome to the second episode of On My Hard Drive. As a DJ, I know firsthand that music has the ability to do more than just entertain. Music can take the experiences of a people, transform it into a magical universal language that galvanizes masses to enact action and change. We saw this take place largely during the civil rights movement with albums like Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Today, as we continue to fight for social justice, more of these songs are being created, and I'll speak about a few of them here. In addition, I'll talk about Bilal's official, unofficial second album, Love For Sale, and how that album never being released changed him, and how he writes and records, right here on On My Hard Drive. So we're gonna start things off with Amber Marks. Now, Amber Marks is not a newcomer to the game, and she's recently received a lot of attention for her song's inclusion on the season finale of Insecure. Now, My People is not Amber's original composition. She's covering a song by founding member of The Temptations and Birmingham native Eddie Kendricks. This song appeared on his 1972 Motown People Hold On album. It's also been touched by Erica Badu and Jay Dilla, so no pressure, right? Now, am I biased by including this song because it's a cover of a Birmingham artist? Yes, absolutely. But does it sound great? Yes, it does. Now, Amber uh, remains true to the integrity of the original composition for like the first two minutes, but at that two minute mark, she unleashes the full force of her production and also the urgency of the message really comes through when the beat changes and it, and it crosses the generational boundaries and becomes really special. So the song sounds great, but I wouldn't talk about this song right now unless it included a message, which it does. The message is repeated in the intro and the chorus and it's simply, my people, hold on. And it delivers this message of hope which is what we need right now to know that the things that we need and the things that we deserve are coming. They're on their way. They're inevitable. So make sure you grab this one at present at the time of this recording, there are no purchase links for this song, but it does appear on her SoundCloud. So please make sure you go check this one out. Next up, we have new music from tall black guy. His recent release restless as we are is his seven track response to the events taking place in the United States right now. In the intro, I mentioned Marvin Gaye, and track number two, As the Night Moves, featuring Devin Morrison, feels like the spirit of Marvin Gaye has returned because it just can't rest with all the turmoil taking place in the country right now. But it's track number four, Gimme Mine, featuring D. Jackson, the MC in the group they share, the 80s babies, that I continue to return to and place on repeat. And the reason I continue to listen to this song is D. Jackson masterfully relays the effects and what it feels like to be a black man in the United States emotionally, physically, spiritually, and socially in a way that would make Chuck D, KRS-One, and even Professor X proud. Yeah, this was protected by the key. Give Me Mine begins with a repeated phrase, they'll never understand how we feel, but if they were to listen to this with an open heart, if they were to listen to what D. Jackson is saying, they'll understand. And you can grab this one from Tall Black Guy's Bandcamp page. 
This next song is a guilty pleasure, and I'll explain why as we go along. Anderson Pop Lockdown. Now, this song, it needs no elaborate summaries, descriptions, or recitations. It's a very well written song crafted from the point of view of a protester. So, it describes the police brutality they encounter while protesting police brutality, the saboteurs who destroy and loot, and even this protester's desire to loot and what he grabbed when he looted, <laughs> right? So, it's a really great description of what some may have experienced during protests, and it has a really great video to go along with it. I really feel guilty listening to this song because it's so groovy. I mean, it's almost festive. And oddly enough, it reminds me of a song we sang in my high school choir and the lyrics went, walk together children, don't you get weary. I'm almost certain if you were to play this song in a protest march, weariness would be the last thing you would have to worry about because everybody would be so busy dancing and grooving and having fun in the streets. At the time of this recording, there are no purchase links for this song, but it is available on his YouTube. So please watch the video, check it out, listen to it and enjoy, which I'm sure you will. Okay, so after that Anderson pot cut, we're gonna end things upbeat. We're actually gonna take things a little higher this time. Finally, we have the Ahmed Sirar mashup of Gregory Porter and Fela Kuti. It's completely masterful. Like with the subject matter alone and the pairing that with Fela Kuti's Afro beat, it's one of those situations where as a DJ, I wonder why I didn't think of it first. But hats off and kudos to Ahmed Sirar for doing his thing and doing it very, very well. Now, Ahmed says he wants you to dance and vibe to this, but he also wants you to consider the significance of the lyrics in the song as well. The brutalizing and killing of black men in America has been going on for centuries. But I think the fact that Gregory Porter released a song a decade ago, which could be speaking about something that happened you know, within the last three months is really, really telling. Um, this is a Name Your Own Price release on his Bandcamp page. So make sure you grab this. I have links to this and the other tracks I discussed earlier in the show notes on djradu.com. Don't go anywhere. I'm gonna take a quick break and come back where I will discuss the loud love for sale. Welcome back. And now it's time to discuss Bilal's 2004 album, Love For Sale. Now, this album was shelved because initially it was leaked and ultimately because Interscope says it lacked commercial appeal. So how are they to decide this? How did they decide that the album lacked commercial appeal? Now, I would imagine that they looked at the field, which would be his contemporaries, and see how their album sounded. But also they would look at his previous content, which would be his freshman album, Firstborn Second, and see how that sounds compared to his new content. So let's talk about Firstborn Second. Now, this album was powered largely by the lead hit single, Soul Sister, which initially appeared on the Love and Basketball soundtrack in 2000. It went on to become a, a top 20 single, 
and uh, it did appear on Firstborn Second, which hosted a, a, a stable of super producers. You had Dr. Dre, hands down, one of the best in the game. You had Dre and Vidal, who were completely on fire at this time. You had Raphael Sadiq, who produced Soul Sister. You had um, James Poyser, who is now a member of the Roots crew on the Jimmy Fallon show. And now on the other hand, you had Jay Dilla, who produced one of my favorites, Reminisce. And of course, you had Bilal on three tracks on the album. And we'll come back to that in just a second. Now, Firstborn Second went on to become a top 10 album on Billboard, which is no small feat. But it also went on to place Bilal into that neo-soul canon. Uh, he became a cornerstone of the neo-soul movement with that album. Now, let's talk about the word neo-soul. Kadar Massenberg is credited with coining the phrase neo-soul. Initially, it was used to market and promote his uh, artists, namely D'Angelo and Erica Badu, which he did to great effect. But the downside of that is it really pigeonholed a lot of artists as far as their sound was concerned and as far as how people perceived them. People perceive neo-soul artists as these incense lighting, tree-hugging hippies, and that really wasn't the image of a lot of these artists. So of course they, you know what I'm saying, they pushed back against that label. So it was a very, very contentious uh, label that a lot of artists really didn't, really didn't appreciate. When you think about that term neo-soul and the box it placed artists in, it was really unfortunate because as time passes, influences change, environments change, and relationships change, you know, artist sound begins to change. So a lot of artists that fit into these nice, neat little boxes began to really, really change their sounds in like the early 2000s. I think about Coming and how he went from like Water for Chocolate to Electric Circus. I mean, that album still has cats scratching their heads to this day. And I think about artists like Q-Tip, who was famous for having a jazz aesthetic on his previous A Tribe Called Quest albums. But when he took those same musicians and had them play live instruments on his album, Kamala Abstract, it got shelved, much like Bilal's 2004 album, Love For Sale. So what was different about A Love For Sale? What didn't Interscope find commercially appealing? Number one, I would imagine it was the live instrumentation. It wasn't a popular thing at that time. But also that stable of super producers that were there on that first album, they were no longer there. The only producer who returned from that previous crop was Dilla on Sorrow, Tears and Blood. Um, you, had, you had Knotts, Knotts who's an underground heavy, appeared on this album. You had Bilal on eight out of 12 tracks. And then you had Sara Creative Partners. Who are Sarah? Sarah are Taz Arnold, Omas Keith, and Shafiq Hussein. At this time, they had been around, but they had not produced for Jill Scott, Erica Badu, and Talib Kweli at this time. So ultimately, what Interscope had in their possession was uh, the, the progenitors of a sound that we still hear 15, 16 years later. Sarah had a very influential sound and Interscope lacked the foresight or the or the ability to see where music was headed and they shelved the album. But in addition to that, I think Interscope possessed a lack of trust in Bilal's art and his vision. 
I think about artists going from their freshman to their sophomore albums and the mark change you see a lot of times. When you look at the far side going from Bizarre Ride to Lab Cabin, when you look at Outkast going from Southern Playalistic to AT Aliens, or even when you talk about Neo Soul, quote unquote Neo Soul, you got Maxwell going from Urban Hang Suite to Embryo. When I look at D'Angelo going from Brown Sugar to Voodoo, the difference is their labels trusted their artistry and their vision enough to release those albums so of course, Bilal was unhappy with the album being shelved. So uh, he went into a period of isolation. And during that isolation, he began to produce solely on his laptop with the new production software that was being released at the time. He also began to change the content, what he was writing about. He says that it was no longer that R&B fair, that neo soul content that A&Rs wanted from him. He began to write music that he felt could you know change and heal the world and when you look at his subsequent albums airtight revenge a love surreal in another life these are these really progressive albums that ironically are the things i would imagine interscope was afraid wouldn't sell uh Blair still has a very large fan base a committed fan base that support him and no matter what he does so you know i'm sure he's very proud of that to go back to a love for sale from my ears, from firstborn, second to a love for sale, it sounds to me like a natural progression. I don't hear anything that I think is so dramatic or drastic that it would prevent a label from releasing it. In addition to that, I mean, the album sounds great. I mean, it sounds fantastic to this day. 16 years later, I can still play this album and enjoy it. It doesn't sound dated and will make a great addition to your collection. I know that there are CDs and vinyl of Love for Sale that are on Discogs. I don't know how legitimate they are, but I'm almost certain you can probably find this on the internet. So you may want to scour the web for this one. I would definitely recommend finding, locating, and listening to this one. All right, so thank you for checking out on my hard drive episode two if you enjoyed it please subscribe please spread the word please share this on your social media so others can find out about this i will be back next week with more content if you want more dj radu please visit djradu.com you can subscribe to my newsletter to find out when i have new mixes that are dropping and eventually when the pandemic ends the next time i'll be performing live until then i'll see you right back here next week on on my hard drive Rock on, rock on.